Welcome in to the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Jake Miller alongside Brett Hollander, intern Jack Marcus Young, will not be joining us today. He went to the Preds game last night to go watch the Preds get beat. So that is Marcus's M.O. for today is to get some sleep. Good for him. Good for him. I wish I could just wake up one morning and decide I just want to stay asleep. It happens, though. It absolutely happens. Gerald Mincy, former Tennessee offensive lineman, has now taken shots at Tennessee. Says he's ready to play Tennessee in Knoxville. My, my question to him is, buddy, what have you done? What What did you do that warrants you being able to talk any sort of trash? Matter of fact, I can't wait to play him. We're going to push him around. It's going to be a fun time when we play the Cats this upcoming year. And, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday. We didn't get into it as much as we really wanted to. Uh, with the court documents with Tennessee and Virginia, state of Tennessee, the Commonwealth of Virginia, suing the NCAA and making that very well known that their intentions are to basically just put their foot, put their foot on the chest of the NCAA while they're down and just continue, continue the fight to the NCAA saying, hey, listen, you know, we complied in every way that we possibly could have. Brought in outside counsel during the investigation of the football team in which we just got the sanctions about, what, eight months ago? Yeah. Six months ago, eight months ago at this point. And then all of a sudden turn around and say, oh, well, University of Tennessee is not. They're not doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they're cheating again. Okay, well, you can't retroactively. I mean, here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to retroactively punish the University of Tennessee when rules weren't even in place yet about what can and cannot be done as far as NIL goes. And even with the rules that are in place, none of them are clear. Right. None of them are clear rules. And like we mentioned yesterday, we read off a list of the Board of Governors or whatever for the NCAA. And you look at some of those names, and Brett, Jack, you all agreed, some of these people should not be making the decisions for high-caliber, top-tier, Power 5, at this point, Power 4 conferences in regards to what a player can and cannot do as far as benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. That's, you know, something that we've talked about through the years. It's like, well, you know, I I don't know how this player is able to do this. I don't know how this player is able to do that. How do they Mm -hmm. get the money? You know, do do their parents have money? Do we have a walk-on on the team that is a roommate with them where they just leave a bag of cash and they just take the cash? Like, what are we doing? Nobody really knows exactly how all that happened. You know, there was the loophole at one point to where it was, well, that's not my car. I'm just driving the car. <laughs> well, okay, well, what about the wad of cash that you have in your hand? Right. Where did that come from? Because the last time I checked, an 18-year-old college student is not able to finance an $80,000 muscle car. <laughs> and really, if you're that good and that dedicated at your sport, you're not able to go out and earn $20,000 in cash. Yeah. You're not able to do that. Jack, how would it feel if you were 18 years old, 19 years old, you're a freshman in college, all of a sudden, you know, what would happen if you just tried to go finance an $80,000 scat pack right now? I got it. You'd get denied not, for it, yeah, right? It You'd get work. denied. You wouldn't get approved for that car. That's right. And even if you did, it'd be a really high interest rate and a really high down payment. I mean, the thing is, there's been stuff going on for years in broad daylight. 
Mm-hmm. We've seen the pictures be posted to Instagram. We've seen the pictures be posted to Twitter. And nothing was ever done. Thing is, we never saw a picture of Nico on a private jet. Nobody ever saw a picture of that. We have seen videos of Clemson players. I'm pretty sure DJ Uyunglele, I think it was him, that was in the private jet with Dabo Sweeney when they're looking over the window and they're saying, you see that right there? That's where you're going to be throwing a lot of touchdown passes. There's that video. We've seen that. Nothing was ever said about that. All of a sudden, Tennessee decides, hey, we're going to take football serious again. We're going to be good at football again. Mm -hmm. And now the NCAA wants to step in because to them, to the people on that board of governors who really don't probably don't know sports, period, don't know the game of football, well, Tennessee shouldn't be a good team. Okay, well, what about when we were a good team? Mm-hmm. What about that dominance in the 90s? What about that decade in which we got 100 wins? Right. What about the early 2000s? We were still getting high-profile recruits going to Atlanta, going to the SEC championship, being in contention for some of these top-tier bowl games. What about that? Well, the thing is they don't remember. They don't remember. It's recency bias. It's like, okay, well, what's producing the most money for us right now? Uh, sales from Alabama, sales from Georgia, sales from Ohio State. They're not protecting Michigan. They're going to protect Texas. They're going to protect Georgia. They're going to protect Alabama. They're going to protect Ohio State. Right now, they're going after Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Right. Because I forgot about the uh, Jaden Rashada incident down at Florida. with $13 million contract that never went through. Right. So he goes to Arizona State. So Florida's in trouble. Florida State's in trouble. Miami's in trouble. We're in trouble. Who knows who else is in trouble? Michigan, obviously, in trouble for different reasons. But this just adds to a long list of just pure ignorance by the NCAA. We're going to be talking a lot of this with Sammy Kincaid coming up here in about 12 minutes. And I just wanted to you know, kind of bring you all back in to some stuff that's happened over the past few years with the NCAA. Does anybody remember what happened at Oklahoma State with their basketball program a couple of years ago? Not sure you have to remind Sounds faintly like familiar but I don't like remember. with Marcus Smart it was it was after Marcus Smart after okay yes so no I mean what happened with him so what had happened the previous coaching staff had done some illegal recruiting this is where this all stems from and illegal recruiting is not oh well you can't contact this guy you can't contact this guy illegal recruiting means they gave him cash mm. that's what happened they gave him impermissible benefits right but, and those rules were stupid in and of themselves because you could give a recruit a bagel, but you couldn't give him cream cheese <laughs> for the bagel. Yeah. You give him cream cheese, that's a violation. Jim Harbaugh can't go buy a guy a hamburger. Bruce Pearl can't host a barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, these are things that I just think are silly. Right. So Oklahoma State, their basketball program, previous coaching staff, and this had been five years prior, mm. had done something and nobody really knows what they did but all of a sudden five years later with a new coaching staff and a group of players that had absolutely nothing to do with that all those players already been filtered out whether they graduated transferred or went to the nba they were all gone right by this point but the ncaa hands down a postseason ban to oklahoma state for something that had nothing to do with that coaching staff had nothing to do with that team mm-hmm you know, USC, look at them. They got punished for stuff that happened under Reggie Bush. Right. You know, living in a $700,000 house. His parents got the house and whatnot. All of a sudden, Reggie Bush is in the NFL. Pete Carroll's no longer there. They get punished. Now, yeah. that was good to see for us because Lane Kiffin had just left Tennessee and walked into that mess. 
Mm. So, I mean, that was good to see for us at the time. But when you really think about it, it's like, why were they getting punished for stuff that had happened under the previous staff and previous players? Yeah. SMU got the death penalty over this. And, Jack, I don't know how much you know about the Southwest Conference, but that was a conference <laughs> that included basically almost all your Texas schools, right, Brett, and then Arkansas. Yeah. So you had Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Rice, Baylor, Houston, SMU, and a couple other Texas schools all in the same conference called the Southwest Conference. Mm. When SMU got the death penalty in the 1980s, that not only killed the SMU football program, that killed the Southwest Conference. Right. Because when they got the death penalty, it was supposed to be a one-year ban, like prohibited from all outside activities. Like they could not play anybody other than themselves for a year. Mm. Well, not only did SMU suffer from that, but everybody else suffered because they had to scramble to find a game to play. It's like, who can we put in SMU's place? So they had to scramble to do that. And then the next year, SMU decided they were not ready because the only thing they could do, they could play five games and none of them could be at home, none of them could be televised. So they just decided to cancel football for that year as well. Well, guess what all those teams had to do again? They had to find places to play, teams to play, guys to come in, who's going to take their place. And after that, all of a sudden, SMU comes back and they are a shell. Of their old self. They go up against Texas. They're a head smaller in just about every case. There was only a few guys that were left that actually stayed at SMU and wrote it out. But they were basically playing walk-ons. They said, if you don't have a 3.0, you can't play. So that cut into the talent pool quite a bit. Mm. And it killed the program. It killed the Southwest Conference. And then they end up settling, I think, in Conference USA eventually. But you look at that. And then there's been other cases. There was the North Carolina scandal with their football program, which nothing ever came of that. Yeah. Nothing ever came of that, even though these guys were basically majoring in football. Louisville got the hammer dropped on them. And you look at Louisville basketball right now, Louisville's not doing anything. The sole purpose of the NCAA has been to keep players from getting paid, keep the players from getting impermissible benefits. Really, all the NCAA has done is killed programs (laughs) over the years. Yeah. There's only been a few that have really bounced back. Alabama bounced back. In a major way. Because a lot of Alabama's wins from the mid-2000s, like our 6-3 uh, to three loss <laughs> down in 05, that is now vacated. So, technically, Tennessee is 5-5 five and five in 2005 instead of 5-6. and six. Right. Of course, we have our wins vacated, which, I mean, really, they didn't kill our program. No. Like, if anything, we have flourished since the NCAA has left us alone. So, right now... Well, and they, just, try to, they try to jump on our baseball program, right, with uh, Maui. They, they they what they kept him out of the first what 10 15 games whatever it was yeah and then uh Tony Vitello. for whatever with his family i mean like it's like i mean it's all stupid i mean it's it just is. like i mean they're just trying to you know get some power back and they've lost all leverage they have, they have nothing they have nothing left they don't no, and, and they're worried about something from two years ago uh, as yeah. far as our football program is concerned. And trying to retroactively punish us in that instance. You I, cannot well, do that. And Nico probably took private jets to Ohio State or, probably. you know, like Oregon, Oregon, wherever. You know, like mm-hmm. he went all around the – like Alabama – you're telling me Alabama didn't put that guy on a on a jet? You know, like it's, it's oh, all – on a private jet that were taking him out to nice dinners? You know, they were not – I mean, it's not like, oh, well, you have to provide your own transportation to Tuscaloosa, and then you have to drive yourself around, and we can't. What's the difference right in, like, if Nico were to take a, a commercial 
plane that we paid for, yeah. and then we provide him a limo from the airport to, you know, like the hotel. Like there's, I mean, it's like it's it's crazy. Like it's it's just it's annoying. It's it's frustrating. We have to continue to talk about. And well, people want to act like, you know, just because he's in a private jet that he got luxury accommodations while he was in the private jet. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if, if everybody in here has flown at some point in their life, right? Yeah. So everybody has flown. Okay. It does not matter where you are at. Flights are not comfortable for some people. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get sat by yourself, but then the seats are so close together that your legs are scrunched up. So your knees hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you get sat by, you know, some two seater that's taking up half of your seat and their seat. So then you're not comfortable there. Listen, not every flying accommodation is the best in the world. We all know that, right? Yeah. First of all, it should not matter if he's on a private jet, a commercial jet, or you know, drove all the way from California to Tennessee. It should not matter. Fact of the matter is, he got here. He wanted to come here, so he made it here. Yeah. That should be all that matters. And that's not the reason he even came to the school here. I mean, right. oh, yeah, you flew me on a private jet. I mean, that's great, you know, but... I mean, I don't know. It's just, I hate talking about it, to be honest. But Jack, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty solid. Watched some basketball last night. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's the worst when it's the postseason bans that that's affecting the kids that were not involved in the slightest, affecting mm-hmm. their collegiate careers, and just just ruins everything for them. Well, and you know something that got brought up here a while back was the fact that the NCAA was going to do away with postseason bans, mm-hmm. like they weren't going to do bowl bans anymore. And all of a sudden, Tennessee's in conversation to be a part of a bowl ban. I'm like, so what's the point? It's like you said you weren't going to do this. Now you're bringing it back up. It's like they can't even follow their own rules. Yeah. This is like that annoying kid that makes up the rules as the game goes along, right? To benefit themselves. Yeah. That's all they care about. They care about the student-athlete not making money but put money in their pocket. How about Georgia with all these players that are speeding around in these cars that, you well, know, why are we not talking about that? Well, like, why, why are we talking about Nico two years ago flying on a private jet to come to a school he wants to come to? Well, like, Brett, don't you know they were able to finance those cars? And it's a terrible situation, but how about the people that passed away? Yeah. You know, in in a recruiting person, you know, like it's like, I mean, why? I mean, bring it on. I mean, you know, bring you it on. Think too, like during that time frame, you know, Jeremy Pruitt. We were in a recruiting battle for one of the offensive linemen. I can't remember exactly who it was, mm-hmm. but a source very close to that situation that may or may not have been in the room for this conversation. Mm-hmm. The parent looked at Jeremy Pruitt and said, "Well, Georgia's already gave us one hundred seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, you don't have to pay it back." <laughs> yeah. That actually happened. But, I mean, that's just how it was done. And right now the NCAA is, uh, like I said, they've lost their power. And quite frankly, I think they're about to lose all of it once they lose this antitrust lawsuit. Stay with us. G.I. Jake Show marches on. Sammy Kincaid joins us next right here on Fan Run Radio. Attention Fan Run listeners. This is Bob Baskerville. Make sure to come check out the Fan Run Morning Show with me and John Reed, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and the Fan Run app. It's your morning go-to for the latest that's happening in the world of sports on Rocky Top and around the country. So join us every morning on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. 
inward half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Attention service members and veterans. Introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you in need of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit RogersHydrantService.com. I met her down at Athens. She said that she saw me walking in about a mile away. Bing just had to take her phone and I just took her smile away. She said I'm too drunk and crazy. She don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join this. She said she'd take a chance. I've been kind of crazy ever since it went down. I got kind of lost and baby, this what I found. Girls like you just want to take me around, around, and around. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, Fox Sports, Knoxville, online at fanrunradio.com, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, and the upcoming Fan Run Radio app. Let's go to the phones for the first time today. We are joined now by Sammy Kincaid, the Fan Run OG. Sammy, what's up? How you guys doing this morning? Man, we are doing all right. We're just uh, still trying to make sense of this NCAA case and really what the NCAA is trying to prove at this point because, you know, Back before NIL, it was, okay, well, let's find out who's getting paid, and we're going to use selective enforcement to protect certain teams, and if we want to see a team we want to go after, we're going to go after them. Well, now it's jumped to the point where it's like, okay, well, how can we retroactively punish somebody for something that broke a rule by the current rules, but it wasn't a rule when they committed the violation, so we're going to try to retroactively punish them. Sammy, what are you trying to make of all this? This is just bizarre to me. You know, I really think it's because it really has become the wild, wild west 
with NIL and the NCAA, they didn't get ahead in time to be able to have something that was controlled. And just um, now they're trying to, like you said, retroactively try to control this. And you can't, you can't do that. You can't say, oh, we're going to make this in May and punish you for something in March. Right. A couple months prior. You can't do that. Um, and so this is them, I think, trying to get a hold of things because it really did become the wild, wild west. People could do, the school could do whatever they really wanted to because the NCAA did not get ahead of this and try to make their own rules with NIL ahead of time. You saw states getting ahead of it and making their own rules with the states ahead of time. So I think this is the NCAA trying to get control back over this, and they're going about it the completely wrong way. Absolutely. And that's kind of the stance that I think everybody, I mean, not just Tennessee fans, but fans throughout the country, because, you know, we've seen now Tennessee be brought in to the mess with the NCAA again just after finally getting over this case that we just got over back in the summer, and then all of a sudden Florida State's in trouble with NIL. Florida's in trouble. Miami's in trouble. And I'm sure there's other schools that are in trouble. Those are just the names that pop up off the top of my head. But it's like, okay, well, now you're using selective enforcement because you know good and well that some of these guys that went to Ole Miss, for example – you know, they're not going there for free. You know that things happened there. Probably the same stuff that happened at Tennessee. Why aren't you going after Ole Miss? Why are you just selecting Tennessee? Why are you selecting Florida State, Florida, Miami? And keep in mind, Sammy, as you know, these are teams that at one point were huge logo schools yeah. in the NCAA. I mean, at one point, all those teams were in the top ten. And it's like, why? Why in the world would you go after schools like this? It's like, if you really want to worry – about how NIL can boost a team's performance. Actually, I take it back, not boost the team's performance, but get the talent in to the school to be able to perform better on the field, on the court, what have you. I think you would have to look at a team like, let's say, Vanderbilt all of a sudden, or Northwestern, you know, a team that really doesn't have any history in a particular sport. All of a sudden, they're in the top ten. Maybe take a look at that instead. What are they doing? But no, instead, it's Tennessee, a team that used to be good, had a 15-year downward spiral, all of a sudden wins 11 games in a season. Well, that can't be right. I mean, Tennessee just shouldn't be a good football team. So the selective enforcement is what gets me more than anything. And just want to get your opinion on the NCAA and its selective enforcement of these rules. Yeah, and I I don't – I definitely feel like they have picked schools been very selective with the schools they pick, but if they haven't picked your school yet, I want to be pointing fingers saying, ha, ha, because Alabama could likely be next. Georgia could likely be next. You have no idea who's going to be next that they're going to select. So I, I don't think that the selections are done, but it is uh, interesting, the schools that they have chosen, because like you said, they're teams that have had success in the past, and I mean, as you mentioned, Florida, at a, at a downtime right now. Florida State at a controversial time right now. So it is interesting, the teams that they picked, um, you would think that there's probably a little bit of a hidden agenda there for the teams that they picked, um, which is really unfortunate. But, I mean, it wouldn't honestly be surprising by what we've seen the NCAA do over the last couple of years as they've lost control of college football. Absolutely. And, you know, this is something we kind of thrown around in my friend group, you know, outside of the show. But, you know, we talk about all the time, well, the NCAA's lost its power. Now they're just trying to, you know, regain some sort of power. they got to enforce something. Otherwise, their sole purpose for existence is literally just say, hey, we're the NCAA, 
and we make the rules in game for all these collegiate teams, whether that be at the Division One, Division Two, or the Division Three level. The NCAA's biggest moneymaker right now, because everyone knows they have no control over the postseason in college football. But what they do have is right. March Madness. That is their one thing that they still have full control over is March Madness. Is it possible that within the next five years or six years that the NCAA might cease to exist because all power and all income could be gone? Because I had talked with Russell on the drive about this a while back. And what if these teams broke off and made their own governing body? And most most notably your Power 5 schools. Like your SEC, your ACC, your Big 10, your Big 12. Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore, so you don't have to include them. But what if they were to break off and form their own governing body to create basically a semi-pro slash super league type deal with college football? Do they do it for basketball too? I don't know. But in the next five to six years, could you see the NCAA ceasing to exist? Well, with the conference realignments, I don't think it's hard to see that happening. You've seen teams break away and do things that I don't think anyone would have ever thought you'd see. For example, even in the SEC, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. I mean, they're not even in the Southeast. Right. Or, you know, like, you would never have expected that. Or just across the country, um, the realignment. I don't, I don't think anyone would have ever expected to see what we've seen in the last year or two. So I don't think anything's out of the question right now. And with how much power the schools have from TV contracts, and now with NIL deals and just how much money is going being pumped into these programs, um, money talks. It's going to make you feel powerful. So I, I wouldn't put it past schools to go off on their own and say, hey, let's all align together. And make- it very well could happen. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, like I said, we've been talking about for a while. And you just mentioned conference realignment. And, you know, one of the things got brought up there was, well, what about a team – like USC or Washington or Oregon or UCLA that has to go to Rutgers and play a volleyball game on a Tuesday night or has to go across country for a track meet for a baseball game or a softball game. Those, those athletes are probably benefiting the least out of this. And it might, I mean, you can't even call it a benefit at this point. No, They're missing class and quite frankly, travel, it takes its toll on people. I mean, we can call that like it is. If you travel a lot, you start to feel it, not just in your body, but mentally as well. So really, it's more of a deterrent than it is anything. But if you break off and you do your own league, then you can realign these schools the way they should be properly aligned, and you can avoid a lot of that. Because there was no governing over NIL, uh, like I just said, money talks. It's going to become powerful. And whenever NIL started happening, you started seeing these schools feel like they were more powerful and more powerful and more powerful as time went on. And that's when you started to see the realignment because they're not happy with maybe one, one thing that they were putting up with for a long time. And then you're going to see them jump to a different conference. And it's really whenever you get so much money involved in something. um, And I, I really think that you just started to see the business side and you forgot the whole reason why these, Student athletes are there. They're there to get their degree. There is always going to be life after ball on whatever whatever their respective sport is. There's always going to be life after ball. And 
I think that with these realignments, you really, you really lost sight of the student and student athlete. And a lot of those sports, like you said, it's not a benefit. And people try to twist it of, oh, look at the experiences. They'll get to go across country, and they maybe never would have been able to go across the country. Well, they're also not going to do well in class, possibly because of how much school they're going to be missing. And, yes, they have tutors and fantastic tutors and uh, the resources there to help them along the way, but they need to make sure that the student part of it is being prioritized with some of these schools that are going to be having to travel across the country. Not all of them have money like the SEC. They can't all fund positions like the SEC can. So I, I, I think it's really unfortunate that that's going to happen to those volleyball teams that don't have the same resources as basketball or football. I mean, even let's just talk about volleyball and women's basketball, completely different resources that you're going to have in those programs. So it, it's really, really unfortunate to see that happen. Um, hopefully that's not the case and everything ends up uh, better than what we're expecting. But, I mean, you would have to think the academics is going to uh, going to lack in their day-to-day. Absolutely. And shifting gears to college basketball, something a little bit more positive for the show today since I feel like I've dragged everybody down for the past 30 minutes. (laughs) Well, actually, we're going to drag everyone down some more. So, Sammy, over the past two days, number three, North Carolina, goes down. Number five, Tennessee, goes down. Number 10, Kentucky, goes down. Purdue took overtime to not go down. And, of course, Connecticut is still doing their thing but also didn't cover the spread last night. Now we have reached the point in college basketball. Around this mark every year, you start to see a dramatic shift in everything happening in conference with college basketball, not just in the SEC but throughout the country. This is the point in the year where Tennessee, even with its best teams in recent memory, you know, last year's team, which some people dubbed the greatest team ever, and obviously it was not, then you have the 2017-2018 team and the 2018-2019 team. This is the point where you started to see losses accumulate on the schedule. What does Tennessee need to do to avoid a repeat of that history, given what's coming up this Saturday? I mean, you need to realize today's February 1st. You have a month. You have a month before March Madness. It's time to kick it into gear. You can't have Dalton Connect score more than the entire rest of the team in a game. You've got to have players step up. And I know that I I talked about it last week. Lumps happen. The shots are not always going to fall. Your shooters are not always going to make every single shot, every single game. But somebody, there has to be something to get this team where they're clicking on the same page, on the same night. Um, that's what's going to be key for Tennessee in the month of February to figure out how to get multiple guys going in the same night uh, because that that was a problem. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what happened the other night. Nobody from Tennessee shot even 50%. Everyone shot less than 50% from the field, and it led to the, just this disastrous performance. And like you said, Dalton Connect outscored the entire team. Uh, he had 31 points. The team had 59 total. He wasn't good, though. I mean, the thing is, yeah, he had, like, what, 12 to 15 in the first half, and then he didn't really do anything until the final yeah, eight minutes I mean, of the like, game. I mean, yeah, I mean, his his box score looks better than how he actually played. He, he wasn't right. – he wasn't – himself the team wasn't themselves it was a very disappointing game to be honest but and then you have Santiago Vescovi who didn't even play 
The last yeah, that was confusing. Game. That was very confusing. I don't know what was said in the huddle, what he did wrong, if he made Rick mad. I don't know what happened. That was confusing. But looking ahead to Saturday, Sammy, how does this game fare for the Vols heading up to Rupp Arena? I mean, it's going to be tough. You're playing at Rupp. Not an easy place to play. Mm-hmm. And they know that you're coming off of a tough, tough loss. And they saw how to make your shooters not be able to shoot. They saw the exact film they need to see before taking on Tennessee. So it's going to be tough. But I think this is a game that Tennessee, they have to get on the same page. Absolutely. Got a week, get on the same page. Um, so hopefully by, by Saturday, they'll have figured some stuff out, maybe have done something together, how to talk together as a team, because that is something they have to get figured out is how do we play together as a team so that we can get it done. And a, a win against Kentucky, I mean, no matter how Kentucky's doing in the year, a win over Kentucky is always a big win mm-hmm. for Tennessee. So I think that's a must win to get back on track. Absolutely. And as we shift gears to women's basketball, Caitlin Clark notches herself at number two all-time on the all-time scoring list. Only trails Kelsey Plum by 104 points. And she could get it done in the month of February. Yeah. Next two games, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) – I was about to say, when, when are you putting the target? Yeah, over under. Really <laughs> uh, well, let's put the over under at two. Let's put it at Valentine's Day. Does she get it before? How Valentine's many games Day? does she have before Valentine's Day? Let's find out. Because she could drop fifty in like both of the games. You know, she you never know. Good. Look at her averages. You know, so yeah. Let's see here. They have. Let's see here. Before Valentine's Day, they have three games. They go to Maryland host Penn State, go to Nebraska, and on the 15th they play Michigan. Ooh. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's just <laughs> five Valentine's Day. Yeah. Three games. I, I think she gets that. If you don't know, Caitlin Clark is averaging 32.1 Has she really just come on the scene in the last, like, really two years? Like, I don't remember her as, like, a freshman or a sophomore. Like, I feel like all her points have been since, like, the start of last year. Like, it feels like she just... Just, I mean, she she does work. I mean, she she can play, and gosh, I I don't know. She's fun to watch. That's for sure. I mean, when you're averaging thirty two seven and seven, I mean, you're doing something right. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, that's actually been consistent. The only drop was her freshman year. She was averaging twenty six point six, five point nine rebounds, seven point one. I mean, assists. you're you're outscoring your football team. You know, like it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we actually were talking about that on the zone whenever leading up to the Iowa game. Yeah, like it's who, crazy. Who I think more points. Who scored more points? Iowa in an entire season offensive points often. Well, right. Not their defense well, points. Offensive points or Caitlin Clark in one game. Yeah, didn't she like I wasn't the stat like last year's NCAA tournament like in 5 games like she had already outscored the entire Iowa offense. Like it's crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> No wonder they don't care about football. They got basketball to watch. They they can see points there. Yeah, no, and it's fun to watch. If you watch, I, I love watching recaps of their highlights because if you watch a women's basketball game there, it's so fun to watch the crowd yeah. and how into women's basketball what, uh, the Iowa what, fans are. What what was your thoughts on the whole incident? Uh, was it Ohio State they played and the 
the fan came running on the court. Did you have an opinion on that? Some I, initial reaction is like, God, what is this fan doing? But then you watch Caitlin Clark, and she she might have went uh, European soccer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I think she, she went a little European soccer on it. But at the yeah. same time, you're trying to get to the locker room. Right. And you're upset, and you're just trying to get there. So in that moment, as an athlete, you have so much adrenaline going, so many right. emotions going. Yeah. You are so tunnel vision to get to that locker room. And it, I would not want to get in any athlete, especially somebody of Kaylin Clark's caliber. Right. I would not want to get in their way while they're in that emotional that that emotional state. So yeah. I, I think that it was just uh, – well, yes, there was probably some European <laughs> soccer. Um, I would have carded her. I would have given her a yellow for sure. Yeah. No, I, I really <laughs> – I, I would not have been that fan, and I probably would have watched a little bit, oh, I'm in the way of Iowa getting to their locker room. Be a right. little bit more aware of your surroundings. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. So, uh, Hey, Sammy, uh, I had a question for you. I'm sure you saw the news of uh, Steph versus Sabrina in that three-point contest. Mm. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on it. I'm sure it's going to be. Super exciting. I mean, Sabrina had that one three-point contest where she missed one shot. Yeah, that was She's incredible. incredible yeah. Obviously, Steph's incredible. Just wondering your thoughts. I honestly, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up after this. Oh, yeah, at um, the All-Star Weekend, yeah. yeah. Um, Steph versus Sabrina, three-point contest. It's, it's, it's what's happening. It's happening, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to look it up after this. Uh, I, that, that's fantastic. But, no, I, have, I do not have anything yet because uh, – Ask me next week. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up after this. All right. That is Sammy Kincaid, Fan Run OG. Sammy, tell us where to find you on Twitter. You can find me at Sammy Kincaid. I keep it real simple. S-A-M-I-K-I-N-C-A-I-D. All righty. Sammy, thank you so much for hopping on. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Bye, guys. That is Sammy Kincaid. Like I mentioned, the Fan Run OG. Her appearance is brought to you by our friends, at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. If you're tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, you don't want to get rid of it because it's got that sentimental value to it. It belongs to somebody in your family. You really want to keep it around, and you really don't want to throw it away. You need to go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family-owned and operated with 67 combined years of experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That is Fabric S-U-N. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at Northknox Siding and Windows. 
Coach.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics athletics today are you ready to elevate your driving experience then you need to head over to your hometown dealership parkside kia home of the lifetime warranty discover the latest kia cars and suvs where technology meets style our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze don't wait visit parkside kia today and drive home in the kia of your dreams check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 parkside drive Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Voice. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show, final segment of hour number one, 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on the show. Let's get Joshy Boy in here next. What do you say, Joshy? What up, guys? Hey! Good hey. morning. So, uh, is it just you and Brett today, or is Marcus here, too? Marcus is not here, but we got intern Jack with us. Okay, hey, intern Jack. What's up, Joshy? <laughs> so, uh... Jake, do you think this Super Bowl next Sunday, do you think whoever has the ball last will win the game? I don't know about that, Joshy. Like I said, I, I'm i not going to give it too much thought until next week. But one of the right. bets I'm going to take you or tell you to take, you're going to take George Kittle anytime touchdown, Travis Kelsey <laughs> anytime touchdown. And uh, we'll see what other prop bets come out, and we'll uh, we'll take a gander at that because next week we're going to be doing a special edition of – Can I parlay it? You can parlay it, buddy. Do you think Joshy really listens to us when it comes to bets? Well, I think Josh He does pretty well for himself, I think. He does well for himself. He's taking my advice on a few. Okay, okay. Yeah. You guys talk off show, too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what did you think about Kentucky going down to Florida last night? Well, Joshy, I was very upset because it ruined my bet. <laughs> I was very upset yeah. about that. Um, I was also upset that Purdue decided to – not necessarily lay an egg, but not perform up to the way that they were supposed to. So just a all around, you know, 
for me financially, I was disappointed. But right. o- overall, you'll, you'll love to see Kentucky go down. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is or who it's up against. Guys, you know, uh, I was hoping Kentucky could have held on last night because I don't see them dropping two in a row at Rupp. Uh, what do you think? That's going to be uh, – if they drop two in a row at Rupp, I'm going to be very, very shocked. But I'm going to be very, very happy yeah. if that happens because that's a place, Josh, you just uh, – if you're Kentucky, you don't lose two straight there. I think I think they they probably played without their best player. I, Wagner, I think. DJ probably Wagner. DJ Wagner is a good player. The thing that yeah. helps you is they didn't play many guys, and then they played a bunch of minutes. And, you know, we get the full day. I mean, they are at home, so they're not traveling anywhere. But, you know, seeing Reed Shepard play, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, Reed Shepard played 45. He basically played the entirety of the game. Yeah, I mean, they wow. had – they. I mean, so, I mean, Dillingham played 40 minutes. So, I mean, now, granted, these kids are young. They're 18, 19 years old, so this is nothing to them. They're used to playing AAU basketball and – Things like that, but... Your boy Big Z, he had one more point than me. I don't understand this. (laughs) Like, I don't understand why he won't play him. The kid is unbelievable. Like, I would take him at Tennessee right now. Come on. Come on down, Big Z. God. I will too. Thank you. So, uh, Jake, who are we going to get more, like, productive points from? Because Mm -hmm. we cannot rely on to carry the load. No. Do you think going to give us those points? I mean, you got to look at your leaders. you got to look at Santiago Vescovi. Uh, really, you can throw Zakai Ziegler into that mix because the team kind of plays better as he plays better because that's something, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, this this team plays as Zakai plays. Dalton Connect is his own anomaly in and of himself, but this team goes when Zakai, is, when Zakai goes. Mm-hmm. If he's going to put up, you know, 10 points, 15 points, start dishing the ball around, they're going to feed off of that. You know, you would hope they would feed off Connect. They just don't do it. It's like, okay, yeah. we're just going to get the ball to number three and get out of his way. But if Sakai Ziegler's out there and he's being productive, then you not only are going to get product- production from him, you're going to get it from Dalton Connect. You're going to get it from Jonas Adu. You're going to get it from guys like Jemai Meshack. Everyone yeah. will rally around Sakai Ziegler if he is on. Now the question is, is he going to be on this Saturday at Kentucky? It's one of the hardest places to play in the country. I'm not necessarily talking about the fans because all their fans are old. They don't really get that loud. Kentucky's not really a loud place. They just got a lot of old fans that have refinanced the transmission on their car to afford season (laughs) tickets. It's not like North Carolina. Those guys get rowdy. Uh, Kentucky, you just got a bunch of old heads. I think you really got to look at Adu when when his shots are falling and that little flip shot off the off the window is hitting. Like it it sets the tone for the rest of the team and. We can work in the pain, and then we can kick it out to three easier. It just makes it easier for everyone, and clearly if he has a bad game, it just doesn't go well for us. That's true. Yeah, out the door, Jake, uh, if Tennessee does pull off the upset at Rupp Saturday, I'm going to buy you some crystal. See ya. How about that? How about that? How about that? Wow, that's. I hope the team was listening. Well, I hope they have a gluten-free option. I'm not really feeling that well today, if you, if you guys haven't noticed. I couldn't tell, Jake. Well, I had a really, really hot. Oh, yeah, you did say that. I yeah, had a cheeseburger yeah. last night, a really hot cheeseburger with a gluten-free bun and hoo-hoo cheese. And it made hoo-hoo really, cheese? Yes. <laughs> what in the world's hoo-hoo cheese? I don't know. I, heard I no. would not. I wouldn't be eating anything that's called Stay hoo-hoo cheese. I mean, I saw a TikTok one time. I can't tell you the ending part of it, but the, <laughs> it's a bad lip-reading to mountain monsters 
and they have a character on there named Buck, and for whatever reason, they made his voice very, very soft in these bad <laughs> lip readings, and he'll sit there. I had a sandwich with cauliflower, and it had hoo-hoo cheese, and it made me sick, and I, myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened to you, right? Uh, no, that last part did not happen. Oh, okay. Maybe, you know, when we talk about our best bets coming up at the end of the show, uh, poor Marcus. If he had taken my advice yesterday, he would have went three and one. I should have used the bets that I gave to Marcus because I went one and three. Jack and I are now tied. Brett, you went over. Yeah, I mean, I had a tough night. I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, that's Which, the way betting is, though. I mean, if I – none of my bets I put my own money on, so it's not as frustrating as you clearly are after the Purdue and Kentucky uh, dropping the ball, you know. But, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. Well – Maybe, what should we do? Well, should we do a punishment for the biggest loser of the week? Uh, what do you mean? Like the like the person that loses all their bets? Yes. Or like, yeah, I mean, we could. What what should it be? I don't know. We can make Marcus wear burlap underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, it's... Uh, we just pass around the burlap underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awful. We will not do that. Yeah. Oh god, that, that, uh, that would be gross. Ugh. Burlap underwear. Ugh. Goodness. Anyway, we have an interesting slate of games today, mainly in the NBA. There's a few college games that might strike your interest because you know I love love a good mid-major mashup. But you've also got number six Wisconsin tonight, traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska take on the Cornhuskers. Wisconsin, number six in the country, only a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road tonight. Can Wisconsin avoid the trend of these top ten teams that seem to just keep falling at will? I don't know what to make of it. Like, I mean, maybe call basketball is just – it's just hard. I mean, you got young kids, and it's frustrating. Uh, well, like we with, mentioned with Sammy, it's crunch time right now. Yeah, I mean, I – Wisconsin's a good basketball team, and I feel like they're like one of those consistent teams that always shows up. Like they just, they might lose, but they're gonna play the same way. Like, uh, like you know, last night with Kentucky, like I, I don't feel any different. I still feel like Kentucky is probably gonna beat us on Saturday. I really do. Well, let me tell you, let's shift gears to the NBA. You know, you got the Lakers and the Celtics tonight. Mm. A historic rivalry. Goat James. A historic rivalry, and he. Uh, can you say that for me, Jake? No. Goat no. James? No. Okay. No, I will not say that. But okay. Le, but LeBron, LaChina. LaChina. La ungrateful. LaBum. LaBum. LaFlop. How about La Best? Can you say that for me? La Best? La Goat. La Idiot. La Idiot. La Better yes. Than Michael Jordan. <laughs> la Not As Good As Michael Jordan. The La Best In The Game Still? No. LaChina. No, okay. LaChina. But... He uh, may or may not have been intending to go after his teammates during an interview the other day. I don't know if you guys saw that. I definitely saw it. He needs to. Thing is, you know, we talked about LeBron and, you know, some of his best years involving a lot of good players around him. You know, when he had guys like, you know, Booby Gibson, Mike Miller, they weren't the greatest. No. But they were solid role players that did their job and did it very well. You know, we're going to throw Delonte West out of the mix. We all why? Know why? What's that? Why? Why are we throwing him out of the mix? You have to throw Delonte West out of the mix. Well, I mean, currently, yes, or, but he was no, he I'm was saying, good with LeBron. 
you have to throw him out of the mix because LeBron might go after you if you mention his name and Delonte West in the same sentence. Mm. For well, obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at this Lakers team right now, he doesn't have an Alex Caruso anymore, a good role player that's going to go Aust- out there. Austin Reeves. You got Austin Reeves. But Austin Reeves, he's one of those guys, he's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like Zakai in a sense. Like, he's either really on or he's really off. Where, where are you getting at, Jake? Where are you getting at right now with coming at my Lakers and LeBron? Well, I'm I mean, just saying they're playing the Celtics tonight, and they're actually 11.5-point dogs in the Garden tonight. Okay. Boston's going to cover the 11.5. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean. They're 24 and 25 on the season, ninth seed in the West. 7 and 17 on the road. The trade deadline's in a week. Do they, do they need How to make How many uh, – you you know we've already hung a banner this year, right? Yeah. We took home a championship already this year. We don't care about what is it, February first? Yeah. What have the Celtics done in June? Celtics haven't done anything in June. Exactly. I'm, I'm a Heat guy and you know, unfortunately it's looking like the Miami Heat might move off of my guy Jimmy Butler. Which is crazy. I mean, I don't know what I mean, he's been the backbone of their success over the past few seasons. Oh yeah, They've but he he only shows up in in June, just like he does. The Lakers do, or whatever. But true, he's not a regular season guy. I mean, and there's talks about him going to New York, and that would mean that's interesting to do it with a bitter rival. It really would. And be what would you guys could get back from them? They've already made a big trade, and it was huge for them. I mean, I don't even know how many picks they have left. Who's that? New York. See, picks don't matter. I don't know if picks picks picks, picks in the gonna, NBA matter this don't year. matter. At they're not going to matter this year, but they're going to matter next year. If you get the number but, one pick in the draft well, next year and get Cooper, but the Black, Pistons, it matters. The Pistons aren't going to give that up. Pistons are not going to give that up. Now, if I was somebody, I'd be trying to get Cade Cunningham off the Pistons. He's a good player, dude. Cade he Cunningham's can play. A good player. So, I mean, if I was Lakers, I'd be going after trying to get him. I, mean, I, a couple I, I would ship Reeves and Hachimura and uh, DeAngelo Russell. Get me Kay Cunningham right now. You mean to tell me you would move Colin Castleton and Alex Fudge? Alex to- Fudge? Is that a person? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you just created play somebody on NBA 2K. No. No, he, he's on the Lakers roster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I would trade anybody not named uh, Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James. We're going to talk a little bit about this here coming up in the second hour. Stay with us. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.